when challenging situation arises, it it um, it forces you to grow. Um, and if you ask me if I would have any other way, I, I think not because um, it made the world stop. It made me it made me stop and um, made me realize that um, we we aren't in control. Um, so we just have to go with the flow. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Where does our food come from? It's a question that's being raised more and more as we explore not only what's good for our own health, but what is good for the planet as well. After a year where a greater connection has been vital for so many, it is the connection with everything that fuels our body that is really now coming to the fore. Zachary Tan is the chef and co-owner of Devon Cafe, Dopa Domburi and Milk Bar, and the soon-to-be-opened Commune. Zachary, how are you going? Good things, Huck. Um, it's a privilege to be here and uh, to be able to share my story. Well, it's great to have you on the show. You uh, came from the world of fine dining and um, opened a cafe that um, changed everyone's perceptions of cafes in Sydney many years ago with Devon. Uh, what was it like in that period when there was so much attention on that cafe? Um, it was it was a, a growing a period of growth, um, big growth. It was the first venue for me that I opened from the ground up, um, and there was heaps of. Uh, it, was a, it was a good it was a good learning curve. Um, there was so many things that, in hindsight, now I was doing totally wrong. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's part of part of life, you know. We learn and we grow. Well, that hindsight of looking back and thinking you were doing things wrong is interesting to hear because the consumers thought you were doing everything right. What do you think the success of it so quickly was 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 about? Um, I think we burst into the scene um, and with Instagram coming up at that time as well, and everyone wanted to take, you know, pretty pictures. Um, and I would just our, our food was quite photogenic at the time, and um, yeah, I think that that was what consumers wanted. Um, and there was a, there was a definitely a, a niche in uh, the Sydney market. Well, I want to explore what you've done with Devon Cafe and also the other venues and the soon-to-be-open commune as well. But your background is, you know, some of the best restaurants in Australia. Take us back to the early days. When when did food become an interest to you? Um, well, food, I come from a small little island in Penang called, uh, oh, sorry, in Malaysia called Penang. Um, it's, um, it's one of the, the greatest places for street food, in my opinion. Um, and I grew up in that kind of environment where I wasn't so much cooking. I was doing a lot of eating. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 you know, it, the, the conversation that leads, um, in, in Penang, it's, um, have you eaten? And the next one is, where should we go next? You know, where, where should we hunt down the next hawker food? Um, and so I came up came up like that and i i actually was born into a family of um pharmacists and my 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 parents wanted me to take up the family business so i went into uni um for two years and um you know i absolutely hated it um and did two years of pharmacy and then finally just said you know it's not working out and um i i'm just gonna go dive into head first into hospitality um 
yeah, it's a big transition, but <laughs> tell us about some of the hawker food that you loved growing up. So I think um not sure if um I I think a lot of the cha kway tiao, the the fried noodles, um Malaysian fried noodles, um and um you know satay, um there's so many there's there's a, a great variety of uh, hawker food, um so much variety actually in uh, Malaysia Penang. You've uh, worked at some pretty extraordinary venues in Australia. Tell, tell us about uh, your, that period of time and the main influences on you as a chef. Yeah, so I, when I left Penang for Sydney, I kind of felt like um, I wanted to learn something different um, um, and go away from hawker food and um, yeah, learn learn about the great art of fine dining. So yeah, I applied for a couple of jobs, and I was lucky enough to get a get a job at Pierre. And yeah, working with Grant and uh, Katrina, um, they they are really um, great chefs. Where you know we managed to spend some a lot of time actually in a day. Um, they were there. They were there like you know, fifteen hours in a day at least. Um, yeah, and just you know, having the privilege to polish their copper pots was um, was a good experience. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Pierre was uh, had an extraordinary impact on Australia's uh, dining landscape. Uh, take us back to that time in the kitchen. Is there any sort of dishes or uh, things that you remember? Yeah, there was this dish in in. Um, in Pierre, there was um, the marin dish. Actually, it was uh, it was poached marin with a fig carpaccio and um, was it marin fig carpaccio and a foie gras uh, foie gras parfait. Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was one of those dishes that I had to plate up. So yeah, can still remember it till today. You ended up working uh, for Guillaume Brahimi both in uh, Sydney and in Melbourne uh, in very different restaurants. What was it like working in that brigade under him? It was it was um, it was a it was a good experience um, working for Guillaume. It was a big brigade. Um, everyone was a little bit like a family um, because you know of all the hours stuck in in you know in the kitchen together um but it was it's a little bit like going to an army like the french joining the french brigade um it was uh yeah it was no nonsense there was no music in the kitchen it was it was some some pretty good views uh might have to say that but um yeah it was it was like joining the army it was yeah, pretty strict pretty tough tough kitchen you, you made a, a slight detour to a, a restaurant that was really hot for a period of time in Sydney, Jimmy Licks, very, very popular. Mm. Tell us about your time there. How different was that to the, the rigid fine dining world of Pierre and, and Gil? So Jimmy, Jimmy Licks was a good, um, was a good place because I, I realized the pool of street food um, to the, the diners of Sydney. I'm, I'm like, wow, this they're serving this kind of food at these kind of prices and people are like, here, take my money. Um, and it was crazy. It was pumping every day. It was, you know, 200, 300, 
um, covers a, a night. And um, yeah, every, everyone was there. Um, it was a place to be seen. It was, it was yeah, a good vibe. Um, and yeah, it was still a fun place to work in the end of the day. Um, everyone pushed hard, but yeah. Tell us about that period of time in the lead up to opening Devon Cafe. What, what were your ideas behind it and what were the challenges involved in creating your first venue? Um, I think it was an opportunity to um, to look at brunch food differently, um, to look at uh, cafe food a little bit differently. And coming from um, Bistro Guillaume in Melbourne, um, where we were doing um, – Pretty pretty tough hours there still. Um, I, I was just, I think I was a little bit burned out and a bit tired of um, doing, you know, French bistro food and um, working till, you know, 1 a.m. in the night, um, coming home and, you know, not having much left for my family. Um, I, yeah, it's just an opportunity to, to um, take on a different challenge. Um, so I came back to Sydney. And um, in 2013, we opened up Devon with um, Derek and Noni, my current partners. Tell us about the offering at Devon Cafe. And uh, are, there, are there dishes that are difficult to take off the menu? Um, so there's one dish that's, um, well, there's a few dishes, but um, I'm going to tell you about this dish that we've had since um, the beginning, which is the breakfast of the Sakumas, uh, which is a miso grilled king salmon. Um, with a uh, onsen egg um, and a smoked eel croquette and some petty herbs on, on top. It's it's just um, a rendition of um, a breakfast dish that I had in um, in Fukushima in Japan um, and, uh, with the family that I was staying with at the at the time. And um, yeah, just I think it's easy to like um, and easy to get and very bold flavors and yeah, it's just. You know, salmon and eggs, really. You, uh, in a couple of years later, in 2018, you opened a quick service restaurant, uh, Doppadom Brewery and Milk Bar. Well, tell us a bit about uh, the creation of, of that and, and what you're doing there. So with um, with Dopa, Dom Brewery and Milk Bar, it was, um, it was um, a project that actually started off um, with a trip a research trip to Tokyo. Um, so uh, we met, we went in for about six days uh, eating research trip and uh, we came out on the other end of the tunnel with some great ideas and we, we, were, we were like, oh, we have this great site at um, Darling Square in Haymarket. What are we going to do with it? Um, and so I think Sydney has a healthy obsession with uh, Japanese cuisine. And so we wanted to do a uh, a really approachable venue, a really approachable venue where everyone and family can come in and have a, 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 a good feed. Um, yeah, and so then Dopa Domburi and Milpa was born. You're um, busy planning another uh, restaurant opening in the coming months called Commune. A, a very uh, a bit of a detour from what you're doing in some ways already. Uh, tell us about the idea of Commune. So commune is um, commune is is basically a, a, a venue that we want to 
um, involve the community uh, of Erskineville in. Uh, we want to invite them to join us in our in a, in a concept where we ask each other and we we kind of grow the idea of um, having a higher consciousness in our lives and in our food um, by asking, you know, where does our food come from? Um, so this community is a brunch spot that's um, mainly plant-based um, and it, it's going to be open up, opening up in the end of August. Um, yeah. What else can I say about commune? Where did the idea uh, come from to do a plant-based restaurant? Ah, good question. Actually, I'm I myself. Um, I, I'm I'm actually pescatarian, but I'm very selective with how I eat my fish, um, and uh, mostly plant-based. So I think that's kind of uh, influenced the way I I eat and the way I I look at food as well. And so, you know, I, I would probably on a day-to-day basis just cook plant-based meals at home and, you know, on um, maybe once a week, I'll indulge in, in, a, in some seafood, but still very selective with, um, you know, the seafood choices, yeah. Tell us about uh, creating um a plant-based menu um, and the sort of connections that you're making with producers and how important they are for what you're doing. So the creation of plant-based menus is um, we, the, the menu at commune will be um, really targeting the wellness of um, our bodies and really like, you know, not using refined sugar, um, avoiding, you know, any, any animal products and obviously in, in regards to the, the plants that we use, um, we're not going to go fully organic, but in, in those, um, products where it's known to have a high level of pesticides, we will go organic. So we, you know, we are looking out, uh, number one for our community and number two also for, um, you know, the planet. Um, we, we want to be able to, you know, sleep at night and, and, and go to sleep at night knowing that, you know, we've done our best, you know, um, that's, that's the whole idea about commune. And I think it was commune that was born from, um, born from, um, my, my want to actually, um, give back a little bit more um, in, in, in terms of um, give back a little bit more, yeah. Is there any uh, producers or farmers that you're connecting with, whether biodynamic or regenerative farmers, um, and some of their products that you can tell us about that you're using? So we right now we are still in the experimental stage, Huck. Um, you know, we're still... I'm, I'm still looking to um, connect with a lot of these um, farmers and I'm really, to, to be honest, if, if any, if there's any farmers listening to this podcast um, and in New South Wales and, um, you know, around, please um, connect with me. I'm, I'm, I want to hear your story. I want to, you know, I want to see your product and um, yeah, really. Um, like recently I went to see my mate at um, Berkelow. Um, Tom, Tom Edie, 
and um, he's using this ancient grain called emma wheat. Um, have you heard about it? No, tell us about it. Yeah, so this this ancient grain, this uh, this wheat that's very old, um, it was found in the belly of um, one a mummified. Um, I wouldn't even say it's a. I'm not sure if it's a Homo sapien or not, but it was. I think maybe five thousand years ago or six thousand years ago. Um, so this this is like one of the original strains of wheat, um, and there's actually farmers um, cultivating this kind of wheat in in Australia in in New South Wales, and um, I'm actually you I'm experimenting with this wheat um, in an upcoming event at um, at. Devon North Sydney, where, where we're doing a collab with uh, Big Sam Young, um, a truffle dinner, and um, I'm making a lavash with it, um, and then spiking with some set powder. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's I'm 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 excited to work with products like that, and um, these these farmers are actually um, sustainable. Um, actually, they started their own label um, for sustainable growing, so. You know, but it, it's really, really encouraging to to hear stories like that and to 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 be able to um, meet people that are that are interested in not just you know what's coming into their pockets, but you know doing the right thing. Uh, because in the end of the day, we want to be here in um, you know another one thousand, two thousand years, and hopefully more. You know. One of the things you're also exploring in the lead up to the opening of Commune is uh, the use of reusable containers, um, reducing personal waste and composting. What's some of the things that you've been discovering that you're implementing for that? So we want to, yeah, we want to go back to, to reducing our own personal waste. So um, we intend on setting up a composting uh, system um, for Commune. Um, so that all our all our organic waste um, will go back into um, into the earth, um, and um, with the the packaging, I think we're really doing the packaging in 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 all of our um, all our venues anyway. Um, but I think it's important to 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 not. I mean, not all packaging are created equal. You know, some of them have these great marketing taglines, you know, yeah, but I think doing the the research and into and the due diligence and really making sure that it's it's legit. Um yeah. Stuff like that. It it takes a lot of effort and care. Um that's what I'm finding. A, a few decades ago the idea of an organic cafe or vegetarian cafe was not very appealing or appetizing. T- tell us about uh, how you create dishes and and bring out um, flavors and celebrate these incredible um, products. So I think, you know, uh, coming from a chef perspective, if you asked me if I would be doing a plant-based concept um, five years ago, I would be like, nah, you're kidding. Um, because it's, it's generally uh, bad food. Um, it, you know, it's, it's not tasty. It's not well, um, thought of, you know, sometimes it's just a, a jumble of, of, of ideas put on a menu, but um, we, we're not trying to do anything special in commune. We're just really going to make it tasty and approachable um, and, you know, some and tasty and approachable and, you know, good for your body. Um, keep it simple. 
Well, let's talk about your cooking. You've got such a fascinating background from um, street food to fine dining and to cafes, a real, real mix. But tell us about, you know, where does a dish start for you? And do you have an example of a dish you can talk us through and, and the creation of it? Um, where does it begin? Uh, it can usually begins with um, an inspiration or an idea or uh, maybe even an ingredient, but it generally takes on some cultural reference. Um, so I, I wouldn't really stray too far from um, the background of the, of the backbone of the dish. Um, for example, um, for this truffle season at Devon, um, I will be doing a dish uh, which has a um, cultural backbone of a congee. Um, so we're going to do a mushroom congee um, with um, whipped potato and um, with, uh, you know, one of those ramen eggs. Yeah, those ramen, ramen eggs um, and, and fresh truffle from Truffle Hill Farm in um, Manjimam. Wow. Well, uh, you come from a long line of pharmacists in the family and you nearly became one yourself. Uh, you headed down the path of being a chef. What is it that you love about what you do? Um, I think right now I'm really enjoying, um, I'm really, really enjoying um, conceptualizing um, venues and, you know, um, I think that's that's where I, I'm really my happiest like you know um like creating devon and you know working on dopa and um even with commune is that yeah it it gives a chance uh, such an opportunity to actually work it from the ground up and work with the team and 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 have these ideas and execute them um, it's, it's definitely hard work, but um, I think it's quite rewarding for me. The last year and a half has been challenging for most people on the planet and um, particularly those in food as well. What sort of impact has it had on you personally? Has it changed you? Um, it definitely has. It definitely has. I think um, when challenging situation arises, it... it um, it forces you to grow. Um, and if you ask me if I would have any other way, I, I think not because um, it made the world stop. It made me, it made me stop and um, made me realize that um, we, we aren't in control. Um, so we just have to go with the flow. Um, yeah. And just, you know, going, going on with that, you know, there's, there's, there are times when, when I've opened venues and it's felt, it's felt wrong. It's felt like, you know, you're going against the, the grain. And, and there's some venues where everything just flows in like it's meant to be. Um, and so I think, yeah, I just got to go with the gut feeling and, yeah, go with the flow. What's been some of the positives that have come out of it? Has the, the idea of commune come from this challenging time? Um, much definitely, much definitely. I think it, it gave me some uh, big, like COVID has given me some perspective, um, and it's made me ask some really fundamental questions about, you know, uh, my purpose, my life, and um, 
Yeah, I mean, I I feel like there is a greater need to uh, contribute rather than to consume, um, and yeah. I know your goal with Commune is to bring the community together and um, share delicious food that's healthy for people um, without beating them over the head. What, what about it? What's what 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 is your hope for people that come to this new restaurant when it opens in a few months? A commune is just a place to grab a coffee and um, um, get, grab a really casual breakfast and um, feel feel whole and feel connected. Um, that we aren't separated. That there there is no separation. That we are one. Um, I think when you a, a really good venue makes you feel. Um, makes you feel like that, you know, that when, when you, when you, when you leave, it's not about the product that they're selling. It's the feeling that, um, that you remember is that, is that, um, this is, it's when you know that they've done their job, you know, that in hospitality that you feel like you've been loved and you, you know, you've been served. What do your family think about the career that you've uh, created here in Australia and like avoiding the family line of um, pharmacists? Um, I, they, they're very supportive. Um, my, my parents, I, I couldn't have done it without them, um, moving to Australia and it's, it's only with their support and their blessing. Um, they, they only want the best for me and yeah, um, very supportive. Well, Zachary, um, you've already uh, blown everyone away with the venues that you have uh, in Sydney. So I'm sure that Commune will be um, very much welcomed by the community of Erskineville and Sydney uh, once it opens. We've loved having you on Deep in the Weeds to hear your story. Uh, please keep in touch and uh, we'll catch up again soon. Thanks. Thank you. This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast. I'm Anthony Huckstep. Stay tuned as we share the stories of Australia's hospital community, suppliers and producers in search of hope during this pandemic. Special thanks to executive producer Rob Locke for making this all happen. Follow us on Instagram at Deep in the Weeds Podcast or email us at podcast at deepintheweeds.com.au. Stay safe and be well.